listening to Daily Turismo Radio. Here's your host, editor and chief of DailyTurismo.com, Vince, and co-founder, Chris. Hello and welcome to the Daily Turismo Radio Show. Broadcasting from scenic Gardena, California, home of the world's smallest ball of twine and sister city to itself. We have a, a, a great show for you today. Uh, we've got a special guest in the studio. We'll have some 10-second car reviews of some really terrible cars. We'll do our technology corner where we geek out. Fun stuff. Uh, we'll even do a final lap and all kinds of other... Awesome things. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> to Just be determined awesome things. You might hear them. So let me introduce some of the other geeks that are in the studio with me today. Uh, first, I've got co-host Seaflow, who, who took a transporter here. Yes. Not the Volkswagen uh, transporter. Oh, no. Not that but, one. But a Star Trek transporter, one of those machines that kind of zaps you through the air. I, I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm glad you made it. Uh-huh. And next is, next is producer Ben, who is, he's wearing suspenders, which he always wears suspenders, which is really strange because they're not attached to anything because, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't wear pants. They just kind of hang around. Yeah, they're just, they're just there. It's like sort of like a, a necktie on your shoulder. <laughs> Uh, and then we've got a, a guest star in the studio with us, DT contributor and my friend Hans Blogger. Now, Hans is an all-around car guy. He's a father, a fellow Buick wagon driver. A salesman. A salesman, yes. Yeah. So welcome to the show. Thanks, man. And uh, the first question, which is on the tip of everyone's tongue and everyone wants to everyone. know this, is everyone, what does it mean to be a meat-loving vegan? Oh, now you're hitting me where I live. A meat-loving vegan is someone slightly older than yourself who blessed with certain medical ailments has to change their diet. Oh. So I love meat, always have, always will, but I'm not allowed to eat it anymore. So for me, my trips to the grocery store now involve me standing in front of the meat counter and just looking at meat knowing I can't <laughs> touch it. Uh. And after staring for a little while, I'll sometimes just leave a dollar on the counter and just walk away with a smile on my face. I don't expect a call from him. Don't expect you, anything. You slip a dollar into the butcher's apron and you then walk it. away. Yeah. You <laughs> got <okay>. it. <laughs> that sounds kind of sad. I'm, I'm very sorry. Well, you, we used to have burgers at burgers. Vinny, you remember doing that at our house. We'd go out and make a lot of burgers out on the deck and... That's just not part of our menu anymore. Now it's it's tofu this and tofurkey. You, no, 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 no. We don't do tofurkey. <laughs> no. We try not to go with too much fakeitarian stuff. Mm. It's just having to rearrange our life habits a little bit and just planning on staying around for a while. Well, I'm uh, I, I'm for one glad that, glad you're still around, uh, mostly because of the, the the variety of cars that you've you've owned and driven over the years, um, which which you can you can actually see the whole list or a pretty good list of your cars on DailyTurismo.com. Um, but I don't want to go through all of them because we'd just be here all night <laughs> tomorrow, the next day. Show, I think. Yeah, yeah, it would be a, a bit a bit long. I mean, we don't even want to break this into two episodes. So um, let's start out. Uh, your first car, '62 Carmagia. I bought it from my uh, driver's ed teacher in upstate New York. Paid, I think, 140 bucks for it, and that started out wow. as a 40 horse. And uh, it needed a paint job because the rust had eaten off all the paint. And wow. so uh, I got my first foray into bodywork with that. We painted it outside. After we were done painting it, we carefully picked off as many bugs as we could <laughs> <laughs> and drove it around for a while until I blew the number three cylinder on it. It's always number three that goes on those yep. Volkswagens. Well, it, at least it's consistent, man. Yeah. You know it when you're walking away. Yep. 
it was uh, it was one hundred and forty dollars a lot of money back then. I mean, could in you, today's could you money. Buy, like, <laughs> yeah, we we actually tried to figure that out one time. Could you buy like a house? We tried to figure that. We tried to no. figure that out to what it really equates. A to. gallon of milk. I don't have any frame of reference. Now see, now. <laughs> now see, one of my first forays into contributing to DT was to actually translate that yeah. into what it meant in a in a W one hundred eight chassis. Oh, okay. and it actually worked out to be about twenty six hundred dollars for most of the stuff that that you have to take into account for inflation and what have you. So no, it, okay. it was it was big money back then. <laughs> I'm actually I, I'm I'm actually looking. So it was, it was cheap, but it wasn't like free. It was cheap, but it wasn't free. I yeah. did, it, it, and yeah. today a hundred and forty dollar car would basically be free, right? Well, one hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, I don't know what you drive today, but that's barely a tank of gas anymore. Yeah, exactly. At the time that I was filling it up, it was like gas was forty two cents a gallon, right? And uh, you know, it was just a little different way of doing things. I had a an AM radio in it that came standard with it, and I put a twelve inch speaker from one of my my amp boxes in it <laughs> under the hood. And it could in actually the fr- in the front in, in the front. Yeah, put it in the front, man. Now, it amazed now, my friend. Did you have like a a, a record player in there? Forty <laughs> five, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, we were throwing seventy eights out think, the window. I think Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln Continentals had a record player option. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of yeah. cars in the fifty. Yeah. Well, you know the Volkswagen. It would have had a thirty three because there's no way that car would ever do seventy eight. <laughs> no, oh. in fact, yeah, you're right. Oh, it, it, top speed was about well, and you can verify this too, Chris. Is what seventy one, seventy two is about all it had on a flat I, surface. I think I've done 90 in my Beetle. Downhill. Uh, it was on the interstate. Well, you just modified, been, right? Yeah, but it was really sketchy. I would not do that again. <laughs> did you ever see your own wheel come passing you by after you did that? Not in that car. In a BMW, I have seen that. <laughs> For real. Yeah. When your own wheel passes you, you You're, know the next couple of minutes are going to be real exciting. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, not in a Volkswagen, thankfully, because I probably wouldn't be here to tell the story. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, the <laughs> Deli Turismo. You, you're a, you're a writer on Deli Turismo. Um, but I'm first and foremost, and I've said this before, and I do want to make this real clear. First and foremost, I'm like one of your biggest fans. I got started with reading you guys. Uh, just it had to have been what about the first week that you put your articles up. Yeah, well, I d- did I actually tell you, tell you that it was my website, or did I just you know, spring it no, on you? No, you didn't like, try to spring like it on us. You, 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 <laughs> Chris had already busted your bubble on that, and yeah. I think he had already had a day or two to kind of revamp the site a little bit. <laughs> but it was a, the, the line that got me is you had a 67 Cougar, and when you coined it to where you're referring to it as a Cougar, and then you referred, I think it was like Elizabeth Taylor or somebody, as, as a famous, well-known cougar. So that, that sucked me in. I was like, this has been sizzle work. This is, because I, I'd like to point out that the first thing that you wrote on the, stripe, the, the site was um, titled Musings, Ramblings, Diatribes, Arcane Knowledge, comma, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was this like... Yeah. This uh, stream of consciousness. Man. Stream of consciousness. It's the only and, way I know how to write. Say that again, Vince. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know the only difference between this is a radio show. You might have <laughs> you might have a better economy with words than I do, Vince. But at least I punctuate well yeah, and enunciate <laughs> as well. Sometimes. Yeah. So, are you trying to say that you have a hard time understanding what I say when I'm on the phone? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not alone in that. And I was so relieved to find out that among all my other ailments, I don't have to go get a hearing test now. I'm with you on that. <laughs> what is that? Vince, Vince can be very excitable. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. That's, that's crazy talk. <laughs> I just, I just hang up. I tell him to text me. Like, I, just, I can't understand you. Just text me. I listen for changes in pitch and tone, and Peace. say uh huh uh-huh. at the right time, and laugh every now and then. <laughs> 
it's like ah uh, so this this first uh post was about a sports wagon slash you know vista cruiser it buick. was it was the buick Oldsmobile. Oh, yeah yeah it it's was my go-to and why yeah. is that well, it's just I've got an affinity for it. I'm, I, I look at them every day on, on eBay anyway. Mm. I mean, I'm always looking on eBay for Corvairs, 57 Buicks, and Buick wagons every day. That's that's my wheelhouse. That's the stuff that... And you've, you know, got, a, you've got a sports wagon. Is that it's right? It's not my first wagon, but it's it's the one that I currently have. Yeah. Yep. 65 sport wagon with electric windows. Oh. Factory air conditioning. Uh. Tilt wheel. The, and it has the uh, the skylights, panorama roof, yeah, or the Vista Cruiser roof. I right. don't like using the term Vista Cruiser for that because it, it blurs the line between yeah. that and the Oldsmobile. But that accurately describes because they're completely it. different cars, right? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, ignore the front grill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the badge. Um, and and was that a car that you bought uh, locally or far? It's a local out? car that I bought at a distance, if that makes any sense to you. You know, we took a little foray up to Michigan where we'd hauled some other cars up with us. And when we decided to move back to San Diego, I needed a car when I got back here because I sold my car in Michigan to my buddy that lives here in Venice. You know, you've seen, it's Ryan's. I sold yep, the 67 yep. Mustang Fastback to my buddy Ryan. And so the, the Mustang came out ahead of us about a week earlier in a transport. But when we got out here, I needed to have something to drive around. So as I was looking around the web, I found this car up in Seattle and had it transported down to San Diego where it got down here about a week or two after we got down after our move. Now, now you bought it from a, from a dealer, right? I bought that from a dealer. And, and the one thing where I might be a little different from a lot of you guys is I have no problems buying cars from dealers because the dealers have got a lot to lose if they don't sell you something right. And if it's an older car, a lot of times you're gonna they're going to recognize that you know what you're talking about. They're not going to play games with you. And that cuts a lot, a lot of problems. And, and so and they have a reputation it, to stand behind, too, right? Well, they've got yeah. a reputation they've got to stand in front of. They've got to block you from <laughs> destroying the reputation. Right, right. Yeah. Excellent. So, and it was everything you expected when it showed up? It actually, it was, um, it, it was. It, it did what I was expecting it to. It's not a car that I was super excited about, but it was just a car that was serving a purpose at the time, and it's still with us so, right now. So, uh, Hans Blogger, sorry if I'm interrupting, but can you tell us about your most memorable car accident? car accident yeah, yeah unfortunately i can um, unfortunately <laughs> yeah that was in about 40 miles outside of nairobi kenya and my That's sister africa. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it still did, is. did you yeah. uber to get there How, why so, were you in africa well my sister um it, it was a different time it was in like 1970 i was a teenager young teenager and my sister was living over there uh she and her boyfriend he was in the peace corps and uh she was living over there, and my mom, who was living in Pakistan, and I was living in Switzerland, we triangulated on that as a place to be <laughs> of for course. Easter in 1970. Sure. Okay. And uh, we had driven out to the coast in a rental VW Fastback, and on the way back from Mombasa to Nairobi, um, my sister hit a really big pothole. It squashed the rim, blew the tire, and before she could grab a hold of it, it cartwheeled us we ended ended up uh flipping over about three four times and in fact there were some swedish uh, tourists behind us that caught it on an eight millimeter film to see my sister being ejected through the front windshield oh wow it was not great um but fortunately a bunch of pujo taxis pulled over like a gang well no 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 (laughs) there are taxis that run between mombasa and nairobi at that time okay that would have like nine people in them 
and uh, a bunch of guys jumped out. Most of all of them were speaking Swahili. Some guys were speaking a little broken English. And they essentially gathered up my sister, who had a broken back. My mom was bleeding. I was kind of cut up. And there's two other passengers of the car. And they put us all in different cars mm. and took us into town. And I was in the last car. I had no idea where the other ones were going. And oh, they wow. were way ahead of us. But we all ended up at the right hospital. And she lived through it. But it was it was not a fun moment. But... It was definitely the most memorable car accident. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, that's the only one I've really been involved in. That well, is fortunate. That, that was there very been fortunate. Anything since then, yeah. Right? <laughs> but, I learned but, my but, lesson. But so wait, so, so go back to Pakistan. What were you doing? In, what were you doing in Pakistan? Well, uh, my dad. A lot of people are used to hearing people say they moved around all over the place because their parents were in the service. My dad right. was a college academic, and uh, he was an administrator. And so instead of moving from base to base, we moved from campus to campus. And uh, I was raised pretty much in Massachusetts, but we ended up going to Pakistan when I was in 10th grade. Mm. And they lived in what was then the brand new capital of Islamabad. And then I lived in Lahore, which was more over Excuse towards me? India. <laughs> not, yeah, not an individual. It's uh, Lahore. Right. All okay. one word. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not a French place. It's not like, it's not like Sean Connery on uh, uh, Jeopardy. I'll take a look at snow. Let it snow. I'll take a look at snow. But uh, no, it, yeah, I lived there for a year. And uh, and we, did you drive around in Pakistan? Because which side of the road did they drive on? They, they, drove, they still do drive on the left. Okay, and I shouldn't have driven. And most of my friends shouldn't have driven. But I, uh, I had learned to drive when I was about 14 in Massachusetts, much to the chagrin of my parents who knew nothing about that. <laughs> and then when we got to Pakistan, everybody drove around without a license. It was a very friendly environment, and so all my friends had motorcycles. I didn't because I lived in a, in a hostel, mm. uh, basically a dorm. And uh, so they'd loan us their motorcycles. We'd go riding around, and people were pretty uh, easy about just loaning you the keys to their car and uh, you know a lot of our friends parents were for different engineering firms over there and there were supplied company cars so we drove Victor Vauxhalls and uh, our car was a, an Australian Ford Falcon and wow. uh, the English Ford Zephyrs and stuff like that so a lot of wacky, and, and wild stuff. Yeah, sounds, but we had a lot of like cool fun. motorcycles over there, yeah. too, though. Aerial Square Fours, a bunch of old matchlesses, and a bunch of old Triumphs and old stuff. Old British like stuff. Yeah. All British stuff that was left around after the partition. Yeah. Okay. But, wow. Uh, wow. So, so um, Harry driving over there? Or, you know, I mean, I guess you got used to it. It could be. But. It could be Harry, because there's a lot of bicycles and unexpected things like water buffaloes. A friend of mine hit a water <laughs> buffalo on his Honda 90 Super <laughs> and just Ouch. about killed himself. The, sure. the, the oh. buff just, well, in fact, our mascot for our school was the buffaloes. Yeah. And wow. Look, I'm, sh I'm sure that Honda 90 was wadded up pretty yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Pretty water much. buffalo just kind of shook it off and walked so away. <laughs> how would you yeah. how would you compare, like, like Islamabad to, like, say, a city that's like a, a war-torn city like Boston. How do you, how do you compare it? <laughs> well, in, again, this was 40 years ago, so at the time, at the time, it was far friendlier. Mm -hmm. Far friendlier <laughs> than Boston. Boston. In fact, <laughs> I just got back from Boston about a couple, two weeks ago and uh, came across something that I didn't expect to see. We were doing a merge onto a highway, and it said it, merge. Now, right. now, this is in Pakistan? No, this is in Boston. Oh, sorry, this is Boston. And okay. I love I love me some driving in Boston because it's full contact sport there. <laughs> and, you know, you know the basic rule. You're just not supposed to look at the driver next to you, and you can get away just with Just don't acknowledge them. Just don't right. acknowledge their existence, and they know that if, if you don't see them, they've got to protect themselves. But I was trying that, to follow them. That's the classic, like, third world 
rules of the road though. like in India like you just drive where you just pay attention to the front of your car and yeah, you drive yeah. everywhere yeah. Okay. Yeah. so everywhere Boston else. same first, thing first yeah. ones to flash their high beams gets there right away right okay All right. Yeah. so you're driving down the street in Boston yeah and I go to merge, and I'm not giving this guy the eyeball. And I'm thinking, well, you know, we're going to swap paint. That's all there is to it. And, and, and what, what are you driving? My sister's Corolla, and that's what Whoa. stopped me. Oh. I realized, oh, this is not my car. This is my <laughs> sister's car. I better not remove any yeah. paint. And, so and I what gave was him, the, the other guy was in a taxi? What was he in? No, I gave him a glance, and he cut me off. And not only did he cuff me off, but he gave me a one-finger salute right in my face. And wow. as he drove by, he extended his arm out the window back at me. <laughs> <laughs> and into the face of my 92-year-old mother. And I started laughing, and she couldn't figure out what I was and laughing what about. What was he driving? He was driving a Prius with an <laughs> I Love Hillary bumper sticker on the back of it. And I would have thought, you know, that's not the kind of behavior you'd expect from an average Prius driver. But in Boston, it made total sense. I loved it. <laughs> Here, that's the car I'd cut in front of to make a lane change on the 405. And your and your and your, 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 your mom was cool with this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was asleep. <laughs> just another just another day in boston yeah. um so then what um what's your uh what's your most interesting um car you've ever built because you've put a lot of cars together uh, yeah i think the most interesting one i've ever built is the 67 mustang fastback just because i'd done it so many times i think i built that car three times before it was finally put together and uh and i, I took a lot of pride in that one because i did most of it myself the only thing i really didn't do was just build the engine on it and lay the final coat of paint on it thanks a lot uh hans blogger for regaling us with those stories um he's sticking around but when we get back uh from the break that we're about to take we will be doing 10 second car reviews uh and but next we'll actually have the technology corner This is Sarah Fairfield, and you're listening to Daily Turismo Radio. And we're back, and uh, I'd like to say congratulations to Sarah, who just uh, brought us back from the break there. She just got married, actually, at the corkscrew at Laguna Seca. So congratulations to her and uh, Dave Coleman, her husband. And, uh, you know, they were popping some corks at the corkscrew. It's kind of a... It's it's an ultimate place for a uh, you know car loving couple to get married. I think, um, and nothing like having uh, Jay Lamb, Mister Twenty Four Hour Lemons officiate your wedding. Yeah. So uh, on that note, the next thing we're going to talk about is technology corner. I don't know how that's really related, but um, the topic for today is why did it take so long for American cars to transition away from drum brakes? <laughs> And now it's time for Technology Corner. So we're going to get kind of geeky here for a few minutes, uh, talking about brakes. And uh, the modern automobile drum brake has been around really forever. It's been, it was first used by Maybach in 1900, which is uh, 115 years ago. Um, the principle was only was Th- patented. That was some fast math there, buddy. <laughs> good. I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, the principle itself, uh, drum braking, was actually patented after that by Louis Renault in France. Um, so drum brakes were pretty much the standard brake for a long time. First mechanical and then hydraulic actuated drum brakes. 
Uh, but in the 50s, Jaguar actually put disc brakes on three cars at the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and they dominated. So that was the I end actually, of the line I, for drum brakes. Well, I, I love the looks of the Mercedes been. with the giant drum brakes, the giant, like, huge aluminum fin drum brakes. drill. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Well, and, they, and Buick had the big aluminum fin brakes, too, but wasn't oh, yeah. the drum, the difference between the Healy 106 and the 3000, wasn't one of the big differences that, that they did transition to, to disc brakes? Yeah, I, I can never keep all those Austin Healy's straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they all look the same, and they have so many <laughs> different variations, but... Um, yeah, I think the British manufacturers, they mm-hmm. seem to adopt drum brakes pretty quickly. There was Lockheed, who was... Chris isn't very ostentatious. Uh, <laughs> I'm really into this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it took American American manufacturers a long, long time to adopt drum brakes. Um, you know, there's still some cars today with uh, with drum brakes in the back. Mm-hmm. Many cars have the little emergency brake as a small drum unit inside the disc. No to this day, to, uh, still, like, I think a Prius, a brand new Prius well, has, it, has a drum brake inside Even my Volvo XC90, when we lived in Michigan, the, the snow would get so deep it would get impacted into the into the drum area of the in emergency the rear, brake, yeah. and it would rot the brake material, and then the, the drum would actually, not the drum, oh. but the shoe would actually disintegrate inside there. <laughs> that sounds would, safe. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, since since Jaguar kind of brought disc braking into the automotive world, they they slowly filtered through and pretty much took over. Um, the last car to actually switch from d- drums to discs in the front was the 1984 Jeep CJ5. Wow. Uh, so that was just before they started calling it the Wrangler. Um, but then there's plenty of cars today that still use drums in the back, like the Toyota Tacoma, for example. Brand new truck right off the dealer's lot has drums in the back. So, we're talking about why. What? Well, the same thing happened with motorcycles too, though, Chris. A That's lot of true. motorcycles went to disc in the front and drum in the back because the the braking load was all in the front wheel. Is it the same thing where all the weight is in the nose of the car? That's true. They needed to have more yeah, braking force. You know, you would think that the the economies of scale and the you know when you build so many front disc brakes and everyone else is building four disc brakes like you know sobbed in the seventies, you would think that disc brakes would be cheaper to put in the back of a you know, a crummy pickup than a drum brake. But they're going to be smaller, right? But you're also talking about economies of scale in sales rather than in repairs. And remember, in the U.S., think of all the corner gas stations that used to do brake repairs. They had all invested in having drum turning machines and stuff like that, or or any pep boys or what have you, where you take your your drums down and have them turned. You know, what are they going to do with those? Turn them into rotisseries? (laughs) I guess so. Uh, (laughs) Crush them and turn them into into Toyotas or something. Vince, what's your your take on this? Why do you you think it took so long for the American industry to to, uh, change over? Um, I, I think it's because uh, the the just the cost, you know, I think that the, um, the the tooling and the redesign and, you know, you've got these rear ends, especially on like, I'll say a, a front wheel drive economy car yeah. where the rear end is just kind of following. Yeah. And so it's, if not, you, it's not really if, doing much. Right. And so if you've got some real cheap, you know, uh, semi-independent rear end out back and you've got some drums on it, the last thing the engineers ever want to do is redesign it. And... Um, if they can keep putting that same drum brake that they've been sourcing, that same manufacturer, they're paying, you know, five cents per side on it. And it's also, it's, um, they function better as emergency brakes. So if you look yeah, at emergency brakes. Yeah, most cars have emergency brakes on the rear, so that makes sense. Right, well, and the reason why drum brake works better is that there's this test that um, most OEMs do to make sure the, drum, the, the emergency brake will work on a hill. And mm-hmm. what they do is um, 
they park the car on a hill after getting the brakes very hot. And now mm-hmm. if you pull up on your e-brake lever on a disc brake car, as the disc cools, the disc gets smaller, and therefore the braking force goes down. And so if you do that one-click test, now I know this because of the SVO Mustang actually had bigger discs on the back than on the front, bigger diameter, in order to pass this e-brake test. Okay. And it was not because they wanted better braking performance. It yeah, was yeah. this test. Okay. So a drum, on the other hand, when the drum cools from being hot, it actually adds braking force because the drum will actually... The drum contracts, contracts over the, the shoes, right? The shoes, yeah. There's also a uh, like kind of a self-actuating action, if you will, uh, with a drum brake. If you've got twin leading shoes where the front edge of the shoe is the first to contact the inside of the drum, it'll actually grab and it'll want to uh, kind of pull the drum, the shoe into the drum, which gives you like a kind of a power brake feel, even though you may have manual brakes and it actually reduces the braking force required. Um, so that that was a reason, that's an advantage of drum brakes over over discs. Well, think about uh, some of the cool things that we could have had, though, if we'd <laughs> made that transition. You know, as you were talking about, that I had an XJ6 and that had the inboard brakes on it, yeah. as did the XKEs. Sure. And think how cool it would have been if, like, the 62 Pontiac Tempest with the you know the transaxle in the back and the rope drive <laughs> and a Corvair would have had, like, inboard, inboard rear discs. discs. Yeah, yeah, that would have been really cool. <laughs> or, like, big, big aluminum fin drums in the back. I don't know if it would have made them any faster, but from a technical, geeky type of uh, standpoint, it would have been cool. Yeah, but if yeah. you're ever behind one, you'd go, wow, that's cool. Yeah. That's and then people would be swapping drawn in. Drawn to it. Uh, you know, Corvair subframes into their 32 Ford hot rods instead of Jaguar. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Well, then you get the rear transaxle. You get a lot better weight distribution. It would, uh, it would have been awesome. I'm only cracking you smoke. (laughs) That was a, anyway, that was a good, a good discussion of, uh, of, of, um, rear drums. So, uh, we're going to transition into our 10 second car review, which is, uh, Mark, Mark's laughing over here at us. Hans bloggers laughing, laughing at us. Um, we've got a, it's a rapid, uh, rapid fire 10 second review of cars we're going to feed you a car name you're going to give us the first thing that pops your mind in these cars and you're not going to take 20 minutes you're going to give us a short one there Hans Blogger. and <laughs> if you if you pause on a car we'll just move on to the next car it's not a big deal and then I'm I'm going to start off with some cars and I'll, I'll kick the one I'll kick him over to Seaflow as well to see his opinion on some of these cars because he's got some good insight um, so I'm going to start off easy this is a real, real softball so um Volkswagen Scirocco. Oh, one of my personal favorites. Um, just for its age, an eminently tossable little car. Just you know, that put VW on the map in performance back in the early seventies or mid seventies. I've had five of those, wow. and they were they were a lot of fun to drive. Um, in its day, it was quick, quick enough, very sporty fun. Liked them. Desert wind. Chris, <laughs> Chris, any thoughts? I've always liked the styling of the Scirocco. I think it's uh, it's that what's it's an Italian design, right? And Jujaro. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it's very clean. It's modern looking, but it's somehow timeless and classic as well. I don't know. I've and incredibly liked it. easy to work on. All right. Yeah, I okay. did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. I've never had one, but I, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I, that, I, it's one of those cars that I would love to own someday, but just a matter of I like the, the garage. I actually like the second gen maybe a little better in styling department. But I like the Christmas of the Mark ones. Okay, <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> crisp, crisp. Okay, next car. Next car, Datsun's 240Z. Oh, uh, my dad and I actually shot for one of those uh, when I was a senior in, in high school, 
and uh, that that was the closest thing to replacing British cars that I've ever driven. Um, just like the Japanese motorcycles were uh, replacing British bikes left and right, when that thing came out, it was just it, it was just like such a cut above everything else. It's a blast to drive. They're still fun to drive. Chris, uh, I think they're they're finally coming into their own. They're appreciating, which is good for people who own them. I'd like to have one someday, but I wish they would stay cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd probably be tempted to put something like a, an RB26 in it or, you know, mm. some modern inline six. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Not, 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 a, not a carbureted yeah. small block Chevy but again, made a, to automatic. A great design, though. Yeah. Not <laughs> a small block Chevy. There's too many, too many Zs with small block Chevys made to automatics these days. But uh, all right. It's an epidemic sweeping <sighs> the nation. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, next, next car, Saab 99 Turbo. Oh, you had to bring that up too i, I did yes yeah <laughs> that's a, that's an emotional favorite i had a 900 turbo and uh i also drove a 99 turbo in autocross one time uh sold the first one in the central u.s uh to dr robert carl of chickasha oklahoma we went wow. up to uh, hey robert if you're listening if you're listening <laughs> robert i remember you you <laughs> traded in a 69 car me gear for dr it. robert yeah, yeah we drove up to uh hallett raceway uh when they were first opened up and uh I guess he saw us on the highway coming back. There were three or four of us in the car loaded the walls going over 100 miles an hour. And when we blew by him, he just figured he had to have one. That's a good sales tactic. And then the next weekend, I autocrossed it, and they had that big, thick, fat EMS steering wheel. And as yeah. I was trying to take a cone, my hand was sweating. It slipped off, and <laughs> it went into my nether regions, and I DNF'd right there on the spot. Just punched it was, yourself. Yeah. Right, right in the right. punch. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's, that takes uh, some talent. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's the kick of the turbo, I guess. Yeah, Seaflow. <laughs> uh, uh, I've never driven the '99 Turbo. I've driven your '99 EMS, yeah. Vince, and I, I'm a fan. The so Draken. If the turbo is that plus more, then yeah. then I like it. Yeah, well, you're gonna buy the Draken. It, it is for sale. He's gonna buy it eventually if no one I'm else. Trying does. to, I'm trying to it's avoid those, that eventuality. It's one of those threats. Uh, next car, the Hannibal Twin Eight. Hannibal Twin Eight. Oh my gosh! The, as opposed to the Leslie Special. Press the button, Max. Uh, not now, Max. Not now. Uh, if I had to pick one of those two, I think I'd have to go with the Hannibal Twin Eight. But I know of how course. much you love it. So to f be your foil, I'd have to take the Leslie Special. No, no, I didn't give you an option. The review is of the Hannibal Twin Eight. I'd take the Hannibal Twin Eight in a moment, man. That that's Could melt icebergs and rise above. Say it again. You would melt icebergs. And rise, and above, rise the above the situation. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do I get a co-pilot? <laughs> I'd, be your co -pilot. I'd be your co-pilot. I'd be and your co-pilot. I'd be your And I'd be able to get to be the one to say, push the button. Max. Absolutely. Okay, yes. I'd yeah, take it. I'm all over good. that. Chris? Uh, chitty, chitty, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. To me, they look that's similar. Like, that's you like, need to that, man up watch a little that, bit. you got to watch that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang because it's it's a, it's a, a little a, uh, Ian Fleming story. movie and it's got all the, the James Bond characters. It's, yeah. It's a fantastic movie. It wasn't maybe uh, the, you know, targeted towards a car guy market when it came out, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next car, 57 Buick Caballero Wagon. Oh. Now you're just hurting my feelings because you reminded me that you never did get overhauling to come down to my house and pick mine up when it was time. Uh, <laughs> so you had one of these, Mark. Oh yeah, yeah. I had one. And Did you have a couple. I had I had a couple '57 Buicks, but the you Caballero. Like a, you had like a captive breeding program for old rusty cars for a while. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, 
awesome awesome car uh 364 cubic inch engine 300 horsepower at that time that was unheard of in Mm -hmm. detroit uh big aluminum fin brakes up front it was a four-door pillarless it made the chevy nomad look like a like like nothing because it would you know and it came standard with all the power goodies the one i had had again electric windows electric seat uh i had another one that had uh air conditioning with it which was pretty cool back in 57 but uh, that was the first car that I ever saw in my life. Three years old, my uncle's Buick Pontiac Oldsmobile dealership down in Pennsylvania. Dad was buying one. That's why there's an emotional hook to it. Awesome car. Chris? That was more than 10 seconds, by I, the way. I, like to oh, <laughs> I think it's one of the best-looking wagons. Uh, you reminded me of them, but I've always liked them. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I actually saw one driving down the street here. What color? It was like an icy blue, yeah. like a metallic blue color. Really light I blue. I was sitting yeah. at a stoplight, and I saw I saw the grill. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was driving like down a... Like a baleen whale coming toward Yeah, it was driving <laughs> uh, perpendicular to me. So I, I saw the like the chrome gleaming in the corner of my eye, and I went, oh, that's an old Buick. Seven and miles away, and you could see the chrome. I, I, sense, I sense a Buick coming, and I thought of you, Hans Blogger. I thought, oh, well, this is a story I can tell Mark. And then it was like, <laughs> oh, it's a 57 Caballero. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And well, it was really nicely restored, and I I appreciate those things a yeah. lot. That's a great. Nothing car. will nothing will help you get cars out of their way better. If you have a '57 Buick and you're bearing down the highway at about 80 miles an hour, and somebody looks up and sees all that chrome coming towards them, oh yeah, they will make a get out of the way. It. Right. All right. Okay. Excellent. Next car. Uh, next car um, was a suggestion from a listener named John John. It's a Volkswagen Passat diesel wagon how old because that's a very different piece depending on how old you go with <laughs> yeah it. so i'm talking about a newer one are you talking about john becks or are you talking about chris's i'm talking more like uh, more chris's and he's, he's got the he's got he's, the, the jetta but jetta i you know it, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of diesel but i'm not a big fan of diesel here in the states mm-hmm. because it's still an infrastructure issue i mean yeah. it's it's just it's just not it's, convenient enough i'm a big fan of cng and i've push this stuff as much as i can but uh like my wife she you know we, we thought about getting a diesel but all the diesel sales points are at major interstates where we live right and it's totally out of her way to try to yeah. get fuel around town it's a total crapshoot to find yeah. a station with diesel or if you're in an unfamiliar area you, yeah. you know you need an app on your phone that's like diesel finder or something yeah. you know right right because a like, lot of stations just don't carry it and you get the veggie conversion and you just look for mexican restaurants <laughs> for their fry oil you don't want to do that with a newer tdi though you don't well, want to run those on vegetable oil <laughs> you know in an old in, one okay yeah from a marketing standpoint when you know the missus goes to put the glove on to fuel the car that's not part of her we program. keep uh we keep uh wet ones you know wipes in the car so after you fuel up you just wipe your hands and you throw it away and you're good the, works the, well this is knock um, yourself out <laughs> <laughs> they they really should bring back the full service gas station just for diesel Oh, just for LNG. Diesel's yeah, great though. LNG, the, yeah. I'll I'll take the uh, oh, go ahead, the yeah. next review. I I don't know if I've driven the Passat TDI wagon, but we've got the Jetta TDI, and I did the math the other day, and I think it's like seven and a half cents per mile to run that thing. Oh well, and it's still fun to drive. It's got some torque. It's yep. a manual transmission. Uh, you know, it's it's not a, a soul sucking car like a Prius or something. And I don't know. I'm a fan. I'd drive diesel before I drive a Prius. Yeah. For sure. I'd rather run out of diesel fuel than be seen driving a Prius. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Next car. Is there another car, Vince? 
Yes, the next car is the Hindustan Ambassador. Hindustan, the Hindustan Ambassador. Sorry, did I say Hindustan? That would be the perfect car for Bobby Jindal. If uh, Bobby Jindal gets elected, I think he should have a Hindustan Ambassador with maybe like a Ford Ecotec 2.3. Maybe like a stretch limo version with a no, secret no, service no, no, to be no. in? just something to jazz around with, man. Um, I've never driven a Hindustan Ambassador, but I've seen a lot of them. And it's kind of like the Lada of India. The Lada of India. <laughs> yeah, and then it was based on another car, yeah. right? It was it was a licensed uh, It was Morris. a licensed build. Uh, yeah, I don't remember which one it was. It was, it was Morris, Morris Oxford. I think that's right. I think you, I, I, I'll take your word for it. Hindustan bought the rights and they bought the tooling and they said, oh, we'll just keep making this till the end of time, basically. Right. 50s design. <laughs> we'll make it until we can find somebody who can design a new one for yeah. us. It's yeah. like Lada did with the Fiat 128. And right? so it's instead, now Indians just buy up, you know, nice British car companies now. That's, that's true. Right. Instead yeah. of doing it the other way around. It has come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any more cars in the 10 second car review, Vince? Uh, no, that's it for the 10-second car review. Um, but since we're on the, the subject of um, the crazy cars in India and Pakistan, um, uh, prom, what, what kind of car were you driving oh. when you went to prom? Now, this was many years in ago, Pakistan. so I don't remember. Actually, but. Yeah, it, um, it, it, a friend of mine was driving at the time, actually. It was a Victor. It's a Vauxhall Victor. Uh, which is a GM build, and it was unique to Europe build. But we were uh, prom night. We decided it'd be really fun to do some uh, just speed runs on, it looks kind of like an abandoned airport, but it's actually an active military base. <laughs> Walton, <laughs> Walton little, Air, de- little details. Walton Airfield. Walton <laughs> Airfield in the whore Pakistan. And uh, we caught a flat, and we couldn't imagine why we caught a flat, but while we're changing the tire, all of a sudden, we heard these pops and realized we were actually being shot at. So we had to just jump back in the car. And <laughs> our like dates, you know, <laughs> were helping us change the tire in their dress. And we all jumped back into it and away we went. No big deal. I mean, it's every the military stuff. shooting at you? Or? Yeah. The they Taliban? Were, I mean, yeah, they, were horrible, they were horrible they shots. Yet. Horrible <laughs> shots. <laughs> Not taking training seriously, Zach. <laughs> Too old to see you to be done in training. That's, uh, yeah. So, uh, and honestly, it's uh, those kind of stories. You, you you can't beat the crazy stuff that people used to do in the olden days. We, yeah. we can't get away with that. I, I haven't been shot at recently. Uh, so, we're going to take a break. But when we come back from the break, we're actually going to talk a little bit about Bobby Jindal in our presidential candidate carnage special feature. We're back, and in this next feature, we're going to talk a little bit about presidential candidates. What's this feature called, Vince? It's called presidential candidate carnage. Ooh. But we're not going to like discuss a bunch of politics. That's not no. what the show's about. No. Um, but we are going to talk about the presidential candidates and make fun of them because that's what the show Just is about. Matching a face with a car. That's the plan. Like uh, this is actually Hans Blogger's idea, so we should probably give him credit for it, and maybe all the tips that come in, all the the donations that come into the DT website we'll take the for royalties the, <laughs> for, the, uh, for the show this week. We'll donate to Hans Blogger. Um, but uh, so we're gonna 
have the candidate and then we'll all kind of come up with our own ideas we'll discuss which kind of car this candidate should should drive i'm not really up on uh po- political stuff so i can i can sit out of this one you can raise the candidates yeah names i'll uh, i'll officiate okay officiate there we so go. uh the first candidate is bobby jindal well, we yeah, we just, we talked, just talked about, about that, yeah, with the Hindustan. And in fact, that's kind of what got us started thinking about it was just that Hindustan ambassador with a with a modern engine drivetrain in it. It's a little less, you know. And why why is that? Well, because you know, he's his parents are he's first generation American. His parents are Indian, but he's he's the governor of Louisiana. Uh, so it's like a little like a Hindustan with some hot sauce to it. You know, it's, it's, okay. it's just a good way to go. A little extra kick. Yeah, a little extra kick. Okay. So I, I I think he would drive a swamp boat that is done up in the jeepney style. <laughs> okay. So I'm actually like this. Do they have jeepneys yeah. in India? They have the yeah. same kind of thing in they India. Do? Okay. Yeah, and it's, but it's this deck. You put this crazy deck. They call them jeepneys in, in Philippines or yeah. yeah. But they, but in India, the same thing. They decorate the trucks with these crazy lights and sure. pictures and, and the idols and back. And so well, you'd have the swamp boat decorated up in that same style with the lights on it that you just drive around the streets in, in, in Louisiana and you know campaign. Would it be a hovercraft? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, now okay. we're going we're going too deep with him though, because that forces me to up the ante and say, no, he needs a motorized rickshaw using a super bike engine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just like ex, just like hanging out in the yeah. front, yeah. super well, bike engine. Well, and no, they have Vespa powered rickshaws. Yeah, and it's all in the back underneath the passenger like seat, like a tuk tuk type yeah, thing. Tuk-tuk. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, depending on where you live, yeah, tuk tuk or a baby. Yeah, yeah. So super bike yeah. style. Yeah, I like it. Okay. I think that's more of a. I think that's the kind of car Joe Biden would drive, but we'll get yeah, to him okay. later. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about him yet. Next is uh, <laughs> is Jeb Bush. What would he? What oh, would he drive? Or what he'd he have drive? to be a hand me down. A hand me down from his dad. Something really kind of eighties. Eighties pathetic looking. Like a like a Ranger. No, no. I'm thinking George Costanza's Woody convertible. You know, <laughs> like a LeBaron. <laughs> yeah, a LeBaron convertible yeah. with like no miles on it that he uses to <laughs> just go from. Yeah. yeah, it's totally pristine that he uses to go from you know nursing home to nursing home in Florida trying to get votes. Okay. <laughs> Boring car ever. I like that. That's good. Okay. I, I'll agree with that. All right. Uh, next is Carly Fiorina. Who's that? Ooh, she's the, she's the, the former head president? of... Uh, she's the former head of Hewlett-Packard. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she yeah. sounds Italian. I don't know. Well, now she's <laughs> she's kind of she's kind of a tough tough gal. So you need something that you gotta muscle your way around with, like a okay. first generation Z06. Mm. Something's got a lot of power, but but hard to control. And not much of a track record. You know, it's like in the wrong hands, it can really do some damage. You know, something like, like that. Like a Brodozer. Yeah. <laughs> a Brodozer. Like, yeah. Pickups, <laughs> Lamborghini yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Or you like get that. to, you know, like, or what's the with Trump, he'd be driving something like a, like a Bugatti Veyron with no miles on it. Because he's a New Yorker, you probably didn't even have a driver's <laughs> license. You know, it's just... <laughs> what, what do you think vince what would donald trump drive uh donald trump would drive like a really bad 80s bmw because um convertible a three series convertible because yeah. when you drive E30. those old convertibles yeah e30 or e36 but um the guys convertibles age when you drive them the the top kind of flaps up <laughs> and so as you drive this convertible when you get to speed his like this this his pompadour this little thing would just pop up above his head and this kind of this flappy yeah. flappy you hair ever see him in a convertible but i like the way you're thinking it's just associating it's, it's, right? it's, i'm just saying yeah. that would be his car okay that that is him as a car sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. donald trump as the a car's car. version of donald trump yeah. right. sure all right uh next candidate is bernie sanders oh that's bugger that's going to be like a Prius with 
every imaginable bumper sticker in the planet. Oh no, no, actually, it'd be more like a like a brick, like a like a two forty wagon. Well, the two forty two forty okay. wagon with an auto, an automatic diesel two forty wagon <laughs> running on veggie. Uh, okay, uh, he's riding the bus. That guy's not going to own a car. He's going to be on the damn bus. He's going to be on the poor poor transport. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Next candidate is Hillary Clinton. Saw it in Boston last week. It's a Prius with an I love Hillary sticker on it. With the guy flipping you off. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, That's, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's it's the Prius. It's not the Scooby Doo van, or whatever she's driving around with. Like this, you know, she's driving like a, a Scooby Doo van. That's what they're calling. It was they're, some kind of there was some press about a van that she's driving around that's all tricked out, and they're calling it the Scooby van. But it's more like a modern, like converted, uh, I don't know, Ford or Chevy van. Yeah. But it was like black, and it was like you know tinted windows like, and looked kind of cool. Sounds like the eighteen van. Yeah, yeah, but like a modern version, like a two thousand ten. Like a van. cross between a bulletproof, you know, armored vehicle and a van. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, it's not the, she's not trying to be cool. That's just like her secure like. Yeah, ride. but there was like they were calling it the Scooby Van, and, and I don't know, they're yeah. trying to play it down. It, it's yeah. the it's the Prius. It's, okay, all right. Then the final candidate is uh, Joe Biden. I didn't even know he was running for president. But what would he? What, he what is him as a car? He's, well, he's a Trans Am. It's a '78 Trans Am yeah, with Thunder just, Chicken on the hood, man. <laughs> well, no, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a Red Dragon. Well, That's what well, that is. Well, wait a minute. Does he take the restrictor plate off of it? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Keep on the lowdown. Doesn't here. Biden drive like a Trans Am or a, or a Corvette or something anyway? There, I don't know if those pictures were fake or not, but those the picture of like him without his shirt oh, that's on, right. like him like without his shirt on, a waxing Trans-Am. a Trans Am or something. I think right. they were fake, but I have no idea because I, I never, I just saw was the pictures. Was it just a clip funny. from the movie Old School with like his pe- his head pasted on? Or no, because it was a dude not wearing a shirt, and those okay. I don't, I have no idea if it was real or not or what. I could probably look it up on I the think internet. But Will Ferrell was, was not wearing a shirt in Old School. <laughs> that's what it been. It was probably just from that just, scene. I don't, I don't know, but it was, yeah. Oh, we're forgetting some of the others too. It's like Rick Perry. Well, you know, what do you do with a Texan like that? You're just like, okay, he's not very high up in the polls, so you give him like what a pickup truck because it runs diesel and a lot no, of black no, smoke. No, 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 no. What horse, about a horse? Steve Perry. What would he drive? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, come on, Rick, Rick Perry's gonna ride a horse. We featured his beetle, Steve Perry's beetle, on Daily Tourism. Oh, that's Turismo right. Yeah, once <laughs> or his former beetle. Anyway, uh, I think that uh, Rand Paul will be driving his dad's old Chevette around. Remember that? His, his, yeah. that I'll that just shit? keep on believing yeah. that, that yeah. we're going to get to the next segment. Uh, what about Alan, Alan West? Is he even running? He's an yeah. announced candidate now? Yeah, the, the, the Republican field is huge. I thought it said Adam West at first. I mean, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> he's going to drive the Batmobile. Uh, I don't think we <laughs> well, need to talk about that. But. Yeah, there's Ben Carson, but Alan, Adam West, I think or that, Alan West, I didn't know. I think that Alan West Adam is going to, I think he's going to drive the Ford Fiesta Batmobile from the Delhi Person website. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. The yellow thing, yeah. All right. What are we doing next, Vince? On uh, this well, little radio show, this little thing we like to call... The Daily Tourismo Radio I would tell you if someone had me my notes back, but I believe it's time for the final lap. This is the final lap on Daily Turismo Radio. So for the final lap today, I'm, I'm going to rant a little bit, and it's something that's sort of bothered me for, for a number of years. Um, why is it that modern automatic transmission vehicles have the, always, always now, the gear shift located on the floor or in the center console, or in the middle where, like, your cup holder could go or, like, your wife could put her purse. Instead of on the column, right? Instead of on the column. So yeah. back in the day, if you had an auto, it was on the column. And then they kind of transitioned to the console. It's like a sporty option. You could get the, you know, you know uh, shifted on the console. And then it sort of became this standard to put them, 
down there. Now, the modern automatic transmission, it probably doesn't even have a linkage at all. Like a Prius doesn't have anything attached to it. It's a joystick, basically. Why would you have that joystick right in a spot where you could put like your, your, blackberry or your iphone so you can text people while you're driving or you know a big <laughs> cup holder for your giant 70 78 ounce soda from circle k why is the shifter down there and when they did that why did they eliminate the emergency brake right behind it and just give you a little button to push yeah, Same it's, problem. Uh, have you ever tried to use those buttons? Get off my lawn. I know. That's what I feel like listening to this. But no, I, I agree with both. I agree with both sentiments. Uh, <laughs> Did you design that? Is that where you, it, no, 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 true no, no, sad, no, isn't no, it? No, You're no. the one who put okay. that in there. No, no, I agree. I agree with you. It, it sucks. Have you tried uh, to do a donut on someone's lawn with the, the, yeah, the shifter? Yeah. That's I mean, the, the, the actually, the first time I drove a car with an electric. Uh, parking brake. brake was at Bonneville on the Salt Flats. Oh, man. I had a Chevy Malibu as a rental car and I drove out there and I was like, okay, I'm driving, you know, whatever speed. It doesn't matter because you're on this infinite white plane and you can go any speed and like look into the sky while you're driving and it doesn't matter, right? Because you're not going to hit anything. So I just, I'm driving along like 70 miles an hour or something. I just pull the e-brake button thing. <laughs> Press no, I didn't spin. It just the the back of the car just kind of came out, you know, started squidging around a little bit. I'm surprised if and it wasn't any fun. And yeah. it was like I should be having fun. I'm going really fast on a loose surface, and there's yeah. nothing around. I should be having fun, but the car prevented me from having fun. That was that was sad. Back it, to the gear shifts, though. Why do you think they're up there or down there, Hansblogger? Because that's where you're expecting to find it. I think. It's, it's just it's like if it's, it's a sporty car if it's a sporty car people are thinking it's sporty it's down here on the floor yeah if it's if it's a utility car it's going to be up here on the column are there any with the with the column automatic shift? shifter still on the column mine does what do you have that uh producer uh, ben ram 1500 is it a relatively new one yes it is it's a i think it's a 2012 okay yeah, so but trucks, it's a pickup and you've got pickup a center trucks. seat you got a seat in the middle but yes. bench seat? Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute, though. Where would the Ram be this year? I think, don't they have a, Just like a, a selector dial. dial on it now, don't they? Which is fine, right? If yeah. it's up on the dash, it's out of yeah, the way. it's out of the way. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't need a mechanical linkage anymore, like no. we were saying. So listen up, car makers. <laughs> yeah, <it's just laughs> All of you people. big Detroit bigwigs who are listening to our radio show, get the dang shifter out of the console and put it back on the column where it belongs. Well, we even like the... Um, I forget if it's like a Civic. There's one where it actually had a manual transmission shifter that's like up on the yeah, dash. That's no. the early 2000 Civic Si. And that's just that. like the craziest. Just sprouts out of the dash. Right. So I don't like, like that. Kind of like an Alpha. Like a, a Dershavol. That like that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. But it's just so far up there and it just looks like, I don't know, it looks like you're adjusting your rearview mirror to shift when gears. You go through the whole minivan thing where they've got that, that shifter that looks like a floor shifter that's been put on the dashboard. And I, I think yeah. that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Because kind of it's like a 1950s bus. It's freeing up space in the in between the seats that you can use for, you know, your kid's yeah. iPad and stuff. Right? For walking back there and belting them in. Yeah. Right. Or, or, or even, like, belting them. even like um, a simple, like a, a inexpensive, you know, like a bench seat in the middle that would allow a sixth person to be in the average sedan. You could, you could, you could have that in every sedan if you just got this stinking shifter out of the middle. Mm-hmm. You'd have, you'd have the room. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have this sort of 
So to sum this up, we don't really know why. Other than yeah, we're not, it, we're not asking there's why. There's some like sense of sportiness, but we're just complaining. We're well, complaining about this it. This is you the know, final we're lap. About the DSG, there's a perfect example. It's a basically it's a manual transmission that's electronically actuated. Right. It doesn't care where it is, and it's, it, it could be on the ceiling. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and right. it's as close as you get to a manual transmission. So even with the manuals, you don't need them on the floor. Yeah. Put it on the at you know get rid of the lever altogether. Just do flappy paddles. Those are great. I want like the the Manito kind of thing, like the Ferraris have with all the like the Manitino. Manitino, I can't even sell anything today. <laughs> okay, anyway, excellent. That's uh, enough of that. That's enough of that. Um, first off, I want to thank uh, Hans Blogger for joining us in the yes, studio today. Right. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me up here. I gotta thank uh, Seaflow for joining me and being another part of this crazy uh, radio show. You're welcome. And the final person I'd like to thank is producer Ben, who always does a good job. Keep on wrenching. Been listening to Daily Turismo Radio. You can follow the show on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Daily Turismo and on Twitter at Daily Turismo. Use the hashtag DT Radio.